Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Hello, Dan Patrick faithful, and welcome to the Dan Patrick Show. Guess what we're doing on Thanksgiving? As you may have guessed, Dan Patrick and the Danettes are not here. They are celebrating Thanksgiving, but in his place are two men with slightly worse jump shots, Doug Gottlieb and DJ Hushmanzada. So broadcasting from the Mercedes Man Cave on this Thanksgiving holiday. I'll be waving from somewhere. This is the Dan Patrick Show. Doug Gottlieb, TJ Hushmanzada, in for Dan and the Danettes. This is the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, TJ, I already have my smoker going. So the bird's going to go on shortly. Uh, getting ready for Thanksgiving out here on the West Coast. Both of us are just, I mean, it was end of days uh, winds last night. It was like grapes of wrath. I felt like I was, I was, uh, I was coming in from from Oklahoma with dust in my mouth. How are you, man? I'm doing well. Can't complain as usual. Long night uh, pre Thanksgiving Eve, so to speak. You know, my wife makes gumbo, so in the process of getting all the ingredients and making sure you get it wrapped up to throw it away or she'll have all kind of rodents trying to get in the trash can. But yeah, I'm looking forward to the show today to eat. It's going to be a great one. All right. So do you eat early? Like do you eat like lunchtime (laughs) and then, and then you go back or do you wait, you know, wait and do like a dinner time, dinner time? No, I I got, I got to go early, Doug. Cause if I don't go early, then I just get one meal like today and tomorrow. I'm going to be a real fat boy. Like, I'm going to eat as much as I possibly can. I'm going to start with the gumbo. And then probably mid-second football game today, I'll go to the turkey, the macaroni and cheese, the collard greens, the candy yams, and all of that. I'm hungry already. By the way, uh, Matt Judon, not a fan of macaroni and cheese. We'll get into that. Yeah, Matt Judon tripping. Um... I, I look, I, I do think a little bit of it's regional. We'll, 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 we'll get into that. We'll, we'll talk macaroni and cheese and the validity of macaroni and cheese as being part of your Thanksgiving meal, which, I, you know, I'll just tell you, like, I, I, I actually said this on my show yesterday, which is my, I, I hadn't had macaroni and cheese with Thanksgiving dinner. Then I'm away at school at Oklahoma State. And uh, the way it worked there was, we all had we had Thanksgiving. We had practice, then we go to dinner at the country club, and then we come back. We'd have some stupid practice at night, which was like the we were all just a waste of time, right? Um, but everybody got to put in what they wanted, right? Like you get one side, and then coach's mom, a coach's wife would actually call your your mom or your your dad or whatever they wanted a recipe. So it was like the real deal. And I just remember like five dudes put in for macaroni and cheese. I was like, really? They're like, yeah. If you make good macaroni and cheese. And after, ever since then, it's become a staple of my Thanksgiving dinner. So that, that's kind of where I picked. I don't know. It's not necessarily culture, but I do think it's cultural on some level. Man, macaroni, like, I will say this. When, when I listened to Judon, he actually had a decent point. It's yeah. noodles and a bunch of cheese. It is. So when, when you sit there and think about it, you're like, man, but it tastes so good. Well, I, and, think, and, I think also, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. 
and we don't eat it often. It's not, you know, and it's not just Thanksgiving. Like my wife will probably make it 10 times a year. And so uh, me personally, I enjoy it. My meal is not complete for Thanksgiving if I don't have mac and cheese. No, I also, you have to have, like, you, you have greens, you have to have veggies, right? Like, I like, one of the great things about a, a Thanksgiving plate to me is, like, the mixing of all the different flavors. Like, cranberry, I, I only do the canned cranberry sauce, right? Like, I actually, but I actually like it with a Thanksgiving dinner because for whatever reason, it marries well with, when you put stuffing or dressing, you put dressing with cranberry sauce and turkey, and then I, that's how I actually throw the macaroni and cheese in with it. You have different textures and different flavors and it like brings it all out. Like to me, I like the mix. Now, are you, a, now do you, do you divide up your plate and you only eat one element or do you mix them together? I will say I divide it up, but I'm on one plate, Doug. I'm on one plate. So they're, they're, they're mixed in anyway. And, and I, I don't have this ginormous plate, but I will say this. I am not a cranberry guy. Cranberry sauce guy. I, and I'm actually, I'm not a stuffing guy either. And so what I named, like I look forward to eating that. Like my wife also, she'll make some fresh string beans, but I'm going to get, I'm going to eat the collard greens. Yeah. That, that, that right. I can't wait. Like just thinking about it. I'm like, man, can't wait for the games to start. Sit there and just watch football and eat all day. That's what all I'm right, going to we'll, do. We'll get to the games in a second. T.J. Hushman's out of Doug Gottlieb in for Dan the Den. That's Dan Patrick's show. Last night, um, Lakers won. You're a big Laker dude. Um, and they did so without Anthony Davis. He didn't play. But there's a bunch of other elements to it. LeBron was like peak LeBron last night. He was, he was, he was unbelievable. Hit a couple of huge shots. He did the, uh, he did the, the um, Sam Cassell, right? I got... I got big uh, uh, lower intestinal fortitude. I got, I got big balls after making a huge three. He ejected two fans that were heckling him. And then he hit another big, like, dagger three in overtime. And then he talked about Isaiah, Isaiah Stewart. Let's talk with the game first. You have any issue with him getting two fans ejected? I do. I, I really do. Uh, unless it was – and again – I would like to hear why they were ejected. Fans, the word fans comes from the word fanatic. And and so fans are going to say and do things because they are a fan of the other team, or I assume they were. When you're sitting courtside, you never know who they're a fan of. And and, and so what was said? These people paid their hard-earned money to come watch a, a game. They pretty much saw that through, got ejected very late. But I do have a problem with it because of what I just said. They paid for that. And if they weren't just over-the-top disrespectful, a little trash talk here, or just don't, you can't get disrespectful. And I doubt people would do that in this day and age is disrespect you in front of so many others. A lot of people that disrespect you uh, on social media behind closed doors, so to speak. And so I do have a problem with it, but I would like to know what was said for him. I mean, he literally walked over there and pointed him out like a kid at school. These two right here, these two are the ones that did this to me. They got to go. And so I would like to know. I, I, I'm, I, I actually have the opposite view of it. I've often thought like it's like when, when, when it's, whether it's Russell Westbrook or any of these guys, you have an issue with the fan. Like there's no win in it. There's no win in it getting back and forth and going back and forth and screaming back at the fan. Like, if they say something that's out of line, you actually, players, I like that, like, 
players have had that power for a long time. Just none of them use it. Finally, LeBron's like, I'm done with it. You two, you're gone. And I, and it's it's like it, that's the ultimate deterrent. You know, I, I just, again, I don't know what was said. And I do think that dudes are a little, are obviously softer and more sensitive than they ever used to be. On the other hand, like, look, fans, they, the, uh, if those two didn't say something out of line, I think they would have been much more aggressive in, in their exit, right? Like, if you don't say anything that's out of line and somebody's going to eject you from courtside seats of a game that ends up going to overtime, like, you're going to be pissed and yelling, no way, I'm not moving, I'm not leaving. They got up and left really, really easy. That, that's, that, to me, that's, that's an admittance of guilt. They didn't put a fight up. No. They no, did they, not put a knew, fight up. They knew they, they, did, they said some sort of magic word that, would, that, was, that was uncomfortable, probably even to them. And, I, that, and that's why I want to know what was said, because the way Lebr- LeBron literally <laughs> walked over there with the ref and was like, these two must go. And LeBron really, he doesn't show that type of emotion during a game when it's he's tunnel vision let me focus on the game and, and so they must have gotten under his skin I remember playing in a game and I mean and football is a much different much different sport than basketball but I would get into it with fans when we were on our sideline especially on the road and they would talk trash and I never forget man we we're playing the Steelers yeah, you, wipe, I, you wipe your foot with a towel didn't you yeah, but it wasn't that game. Okay. okay. <laughs> and we're just we're just we're just going back and forth. And the like I'm disrespectful both ways. And the crazy thing is I end up getting cool with them and I was giving these uh I was giving them cups of Gatorade to drink during the game. And at one point I had given them probably two or three cups and I said, I have to be an idiot. What if they throw throw this Gatorade back in my face? But but I was they was like, can I get some Gatorade? And I just kept giving them cups of Gatorade. Probably gave them four or five cups of Gatorade. But it, it started off disrespectful and it ended in a respectful manner. And so the fans, as long as you acknowledge them, have fun with them, I think that's what they want. Again, basketball is a different sport than, than football. But you're right. They got up and said, oh, we've been busted. We got to go. We got caught. <laughs> Yeah, right. It's like the anybody anybody who's ever been to a game has snuck down to a lower level than their ticket should be, right? And so th- they look like the person that they their their tickets in the two hundreds, and they're down on the court level. And then somebody t- the guy came and checked their tickets, right? And you like, you're like first you go like the oh I don't have my ticket, then you're like you gotta go, you're like all right, all right, I gotta I gotta go. Uh, okay, so here's LeBron after the game on the suspension from the Isaiah Stewart incident. Definitely, I'm not that type of player, so, um, you know, I hate to see that um, what, what escalated after that. And um, I didn't think it, it warned, um, um, I thought it warned an ejection because of them, of what happened after that. You know, uh, having me probably still in the game and the excitement from the fans and what could possibly happen after that, obviously. But a suspension, I didn't think it was, um, I didn't think it was warranted, but the league made that call and, and uh, we're here today. I, if, for, for, apparently for this radio show, I'll take the, the voice of Nick Wright, right? Where I'm just going to support LeBron. But this one, he's actually right on. Like, the, the only reason that was a major deal, a suspension-worthy incident, was Isaiah Stewart. It had nothing to do with LeBron. Like, look, LeBron, they're, they're, they're hand-fighting 
And it looked to me, and I don't know how it looked to you, it looked to me like, you know, your hand fight and your hand gets held up and then all of a sudden it gets loose and you pop a guy in the face. You're like, oh, my bad. Like, I didn't mean to cut you. Like, but it's basketball. It, basketball's a contact sport. You're going to get hit with a bow every once in a while. Something's, you know, you're going to get hit in the junk every once in a while. You're going to get a, you're going to get kneed in the thigh every once in a while. Like that, that happens. But the only reason that was a thing because Isaiah Stewart lost his mind, TJ. I didn't, I'm not even a LeBron defender, but like, I don't see it. Everybody act, acting like this is some major deal. Well, you hit him with his fist. Like, dude, you're watching in super slow motion. And he obviously got his hand caught up. I'm, I'm on kind of team LeBron with this thing that it got over the top, mostly because Isaiah Stewart. 100%. If Isaiah Stewart doesn't react the way he did, obviously nobody gets suspended. It's not even talked about. The fact that it looked as bad as it did was because he didn't get the treatment. He didn't get the towel on the cut immediately. Had he gotten that, we wouldn't have seen all the blood in the face and the mouth to make it look as bad as it did. LeBron is almost like Shaq in a way where they can push me, they can beat me up, they can do this. Eventually, you kind of get tired of it. It just looked like LeBron was just like, man, get off of me, man. I'm tired of this. And that get off of me just hit Isaiah Stewart at the right place and it cut him open. Honestly, man, it was almost like Isaiah Stewart it was so personal, like LeBron had done something to him prior to this. Yeah. And we didn't know about, the dude was uncontrollable. And I'm if I'm an NBA. Guys, like 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 big men are trying to grab this dude and cannot hold him back. Dude. Right? Like he was he had lost his mind. That's that young energy, young strength. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, if I'm an NBA, think about this. LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, those three guys, you can't go at those three guys. Yeah. It just, especially when you're a young kid, it's unfortunate. Like, nobody wants to get cut, especially in that nature. But it literally was like he was an animal, like an animal that escaped an enclosure and they were trying to get him back in. And he was like, nah, I'm not going back in right now. I'm going to stay out and enjoy this little freedom. It, it was really, really, really fortunate that nothing ever came of that. All the running around, all it did was tire him out, so to speak. Oh, can you imagine how tired he was when he got to the locker room? Right? Like, even when the, when the adrenaline wore out, Isaiah Stewart probably took a nap during the, during the second half of that game. Like, because anybody who's ever been in like a little street fight when they're a kid, you get home and all that energy leaves, leaves your body and you're exhausted. You're like, man, how do these boxers do it for like 10, 12 rounds? There's no possible way. But he had, he had an entire team, his own team, as well as the Lakers and coaches getting in his way. And he's just throwing them aside. He's like an X-Men, right? He's just throwing dudes aside. Guys are tackling him. No, I want to get to LeBron. Security, he goes running around. I I mean, that dude lost his ever-loving mind. There had to have been some other cheap shot or something or... Or maybe he just grew up a Jordan guy. I don't know. I, don't know what, I mean, he got, he got cut. I, I, I get it. You get hit, you kind of hurt, and then you yeah. feel and see the blood. Yeah, you taste blood. You, yeah. I, I, I hope this isn't his defining moment as an NBA player. And so I hope he can move past this. I hope he can play well enough to where this will be a joke and an afterthought. 
you, you don't want this to be your defining no. moment. No, you don't. As you don't want to be that guy, right? You don't want to be that guy. You're you're that guy. Oh, hey, Isaiah Stewart, how do I remember you? Oh, you're the guy <laughs> exactly. who fight LeBron and couldn't get to him. You're the crazy guy running around you're the crazy. court trying to get you're to LeBron. The, you, you're the you're, you're the crazy guy. The compact GLA is not the size of the SUV in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the SUV. Learn more about the nimble and ready for anything Mercedes-Benz vehicle at MBUSA.com. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Speaking of the best, Aaron Rodgers uh, did a Zoom with the media yesterday, and his foot came out. If you missed it, we'll play it back for you. We'll describe it and discuss it as he calls out the mis or disinformation coming from the New York Times. With TJ Hushmanzad, I'm Doug Gottlieb. That's next on The Dan Patrick Show. Be sure to catch the live edition of The Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Doug Gottlieb, TJ Schmanzada in for Dan and the Danettes. It's Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. If you're driving across the country, you're driving to see family, you're driving out just to get a cup of coffee, you're driving to go get something because you're cooking, welcome in. Uh, stick with us here on Fox Sports Radio. I think you'll have a great day. Uh, TJ, of course, you remember him, a two-time Pro Bowler, and you can also hear him on Up On Game, which is a great podcast and a radio show Saturdays here on Fox Sports Radio with uh, Plexico Burst and LeVar Arrington's really, really good show. Um, TJ, like, what are your feet like? My feet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, do you have um, hammer time going on? Do you have, have ugly have, toenails? No, you got no, no, black no. toenails? Are you, are you a take care no. of your foot, go to get a pedicure sort of dude, that your feet are pretty? Like, what are your, what are your dogs like? I've had one pedicure my entire life. Um, but my, my feet are fantastic. Well, they, they not only are they fan, they're still quick. They still move well. My left foot is my left foot is is it's a ten. Left foot is a ten. No black toenails. Everything looks good on that left foot. The right one, scale to one to ten. Yeah, it's yeah. questionable. I'm gonna give that about a. I'll give it about a six. Got a couple black toenails. I got this extra bone that sticks out in my foot from spraining my ankle so much when I play. Like, I've never seen anybody with this bone in their foot that just protrudes out the way that mine's does. Um, but the left foot is A1. The, the right one is questionable. Okay, I'll, I'll just be honest. I have perfect feet with the exception of I got the toenail fungus going. And, I, and I've, I've, done, I've done the lasers. I've done the pills. They, they work for a while, and then the, the just, like, comes back. So I'm still I'm on the hunt for the perfect search uh, of, of how to fix that. But other than hey, that, man, like the, the life of an athlete, isn't it? Yes, totally. Totally. And, and, uh, and, and you know, like, look, I, I'll be honest. I use the manscaper. I trim the hair. So I don't have like the, some dudes you take off the shoe and like, it's like, it's like a bear with all that hair on the toes. I can't take that either. I think that's actually worse than the, than the tone, than the toenails is when you got the super hairy feet, when it looks like you're a bear, you got a bear paw there. I'm not, not a, that, that kind of creeps me out anyway. So apparently there was some report in the New York times that Aaron Rodgers had one of the, there's, oh, excuse me, wall street journal. Um, where, um, like COVID when you get it, there can be after effects that last for months and some for, you know, a year or, or more. I mean, obviously this hasn't been around that long where long-term uh, breathing effects, uh, there's COVID brain where, you know, you can't concentrate. I don't know. Like all of us have some level of ADD. I don't know how much of that's real, how much of that is, you know, people wanting attention, but there's also apparently this, 
this COVID foot sort of thing, but you have lesions on your foot. So the Wall Street Journal said that Aaron Rodgers has COVID foot. That's why he's hobbling around. Here's Aaron Rodgers refuting that report. I can't believe I have to, again, come on here and talk about my medical information. But yeah, I have a fractured toe. I've never heard of COVID toe before. I have no lesions on my feet. That's just a classic case of disinformation. It's surprising coming from what used to be a reputable journalistic institution, but that's, that's the world we live in these days. Um, <laughs> we're talking about his feet. Oh, man. We're talking about his feet. Rex Ryan obviously perks up his ears in, in his attention. Here's Aaron Rodgers explaining how he hurt his toe. The injury I suffered when I was in quarantine, you know, doing my own workouts and trying to ramp up my conditioning. Didn't think it was what it was until I got to the facility on Saturday before the game and, and, and got x-rayed when I got cleared. Okay, so here here's where it gets fuzzy for me, TJ. Now, look, everybody has their right to privacy. You don't have to tell us how you heard it. But honestly, if you did it like, yeah, I was doing I was doing split squats or I was running or I was cutting and and my toe rolled underneath. Wouldn't he have said that if he says I heard it during quarantine and he doesn't give any sort of specific and it's not that big a thing, right? Like it's your toe feels to me like maybe a couple fingers of tequila. Like I'm just just me. I. It happened during quarantine. What were you doing? Well, I was ramping up my workouts. Well, what actually were you doing? Well, I was ramping up my workouts. You don't have an answer for that. That 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 makes a either stub toe, middle of the night, had a couple sips of a beverage, and or I got mad watching watching Jordan Love play and kicked something. I don't know what what it could have been, but I I do I I believe him that it's not COVID toe, but I don't believe that it's just some uh, random injury when he won't won't tell us exactly how it went down. Number one. If you don't say anything, we know nothing. We don't even know you have a bad toe. We don't know your toes bothering you. Number is he working out barefoot? When when you wrap wrapping up your workouts, we we normally work out with shoes on. Unless you drop a weight on your toe, you should be okay. You stub your shoe. It's the shoe. It's not the toe. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a intelligent human being. A bit of passive aggressiveness to him um, often. It's not a big deal. Like, you're a quarterback. You're not Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray. You do get outside of the pocket and, and use your athleticism, but you're not running. And, and so, bad tour or not, he's going to be fine. He's going to be able to play. He's going to be able to play effectively. Uh, as, as long as that golden right shoulder isn't bothering him, um, no harm, no foul. Uh, it's uh, it's the Dan Patrick Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Sam Munson's going to join us in a second. Pro football focused lead NFL analyst. Uh, hey, rocket scientists, look no further uh, for the next big thinker. First in class technology, a leader in innovation and the intelligence not yet seen from an SUV. The 2021 Mercedes-Benz GLE. Learn more at MBUSA.com. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Um their offense had been kind of stale going back the week before against Seattle. Obviously, didn't play well against Kansas City, different trigger man. But the offense wasn't the problem this past weekend, although they do miss Aaron Jones. I, that, was, that was a huge that, – that to me, the Vikings loss hurts, but it doesn't kill you. But when Rodgers had COVID and missed that game, and now they, they lose to Kansas City, and this is a team that, that, that thrives off home field advantage throughout more than anybody else – 
Like th- those losses, they kill you when you're trying to win a Super Bowl. And I, I look, I'm not. I know Aaron Rodgers didn't want to get COVID, but I. It's easy to be. It's fair to be critical. Going like, look, dude, if your ultimate goal is to win a Super Bowl and you were out for a week in a game which most people think you win if you play, uh, you know, I, it it really derailed the team's chances for that number one overall seed. It it hurts them, and not only did it. Hurt, that was the first matchup between himself and Patrick Mahomes. And unless they meet in the Super Bowl, he would have never matched up against Patrick Mahomes. So that that part of it kind of sucks as well. But when when, when you look at it, they they play the Rams this weekend. The Rams are coming off their bye week, two straight losses. They're going to be ready to play. Yeah. They're going to be ready to play. Green Bay's coming off a loss to Minnesota. They're probably going to be ready to play as well, but it's when it's very rare you see a really good football team lose three in a row coming off of a bye week, and so it's what you said. You you, you miss that week, you guys lose. You come back, you guys lose, and, and so it's important because both teams have a lot at stake. Both teams truly believe in that locker room. We are going to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Obviously, it will only be one. I'm really looking forward to this game this weekend because the rounds were my preseason Super Bowl favorite coming out of the NFC. They can't afford to lose three games in a row. People are going to start talking. Comments will be made. And so I'm really looking forward to this game. And it's in Green Bay. The type of weather it's going to be. How, how will the Rams? Uh, how, yeah, how the, how the Rams play? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously, obviously that. last year in the playoffs, Aaron Donald wasn't healthy, and obviously a different quarterback. Uh, they they let, let's you know let's bring in Sam Munson who joins us, Pro Football Focus lead NFL analyst. Sa- Sam, what is wrong with the Rams? Like how how can a team have this much hype and look so good, and yet whether it was Arizona, Tennessee, you know, even without Derrick Henry. And then, of course, the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, they just, last two games, they just got whooped. How is this possible? Yeah, they really did. Um, I don't think we can overlook losing a guy like Robert Woods. I think that's a huge loss to them. I know that they brought in Odell Beckham, but that's going to take a little bit of time to get him up to speed, even if he can replace what Robert Woods brought to the team. Um, and a guy like Van Jefferson just isn't capable of stepping into that kind of complete number one receiver role that Woods had. So that's definitely part of it. I think also... The, the play of Matthew Stafford earlier in the season was a little bit unsustainable. It's not in line with the rest of that guy's career in terms of just baseline, how often he makes mistakes, how often he puts the ball in harm's way. And we saw the, the sort of flip side of that coin in the last couple of games. He's got, what, eight interceptions on the season, and, and four of them came in the last two games. Stafford has always been capable of having games like that and typically has a few in the season. So they're probably not as bad as they've looked the last couple of games. But as TJ was saying, all of a sudden they're under a lot of pressure now because three games in a row coming off a bye, that would be a really bad spot for the Rams to be in. When, 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 you, when you look at the NFC as a whole, I, I would imagine a lot of Green Bay, Tampa Bay, the Rams, nobody saw the Arizona Cardinals. Right coming and doing what they're doing. Do you think they can sustain this without Kyler Murray? When he comes back, does that make them better? Or do they fall back into, ah, 
yeah, they're they're probably not as good as we thought. Can they sustain this and represent the NFC in your opinion? I think they can when Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins get back. One of the, the kind of trends with a lot of these teams is when you when they're all healthy, just the number of weapons those guys have on offense, whether it's Tampa Bay with all of their depth at receiver, Dallas as well can go four or five guys deep at receiver. Um, Arizona, that was another part of, of the development this year and why they're a lot better than we thought is it isn't just Kyler Murray to DeAndre Hopkins anymore. They've got Rondale Moore. A.J. Green is still making some plays. Christian Kirk, now that he's uh, primarily, primarily a slot guy, is a big weapon. Max Williams was making plays before he went down. Now it's Zach Ertz. The backfield, they've got a lot of players in offense. It makes them really difficult to stop. And critically, they're the one team who, when they've been hurt and when they've been tested on that depth, They've done pretty well. They've gone two and one with without their quarterback, and I think that's huge for keeping them in the hunt. And then when everybody gets healthy, they don't have you know the hardest schedule on the way in. I think this is a team that's definitely going to stay here for the long haul, and they've got a good shot at, at taking that number one seed. Um, the Patriots obviously have have demanded our attention, demanded our respect with their recent play. And it does, it has that feeling, I think Mike Vrabel even said, he was on that 2001 team, it has that feeling like when Brady was a young quarterback where he just kind of managed the game and then the defense was outstanding. Does that play out in your guys' analysis at Pro Football Focus? Is the defense as dynamic as it appears to those of us that are watching kind of the layman stats? Yeah, we've been writing kind of defensive rankings on the website all the way through the season. We've kind of done it every month, and the Patriots are just steadily climbing up those rankings each month, getting better and better. And that's exactly what, what's happening right now. They've sort of established that power type of offense that we thought they would have coming into the season. It took a while to get going because their offensive line got injured and was dealing with COVID, and they just didn't have the personnel to, to begin the season. But all of a sudden, we're starting to see what the Patriots were supposed to be heading into this year, this really suffocating defense that's versatile and able to match up with, with a lot of different offenses. And then this power game, that's being led by a quarterback that just doesn't miss throws. It doesn't make too many mistakes um, and, and is incredibly accurate and is able to execute this offense really well. And, you know, it's ridiculous to compare anybody to Tom Brady, but if you're comparing a quarterback to young Tom Brady, to the, the Tom Brady that was in New England those first couple of years, he wasn't, you know, amongst the top couple of quarterbacks in the NFL but he just didn't make mistakes. He was able to execute what was asked of him and do it on a consistent basis and do it time after time after time. That's what we're seeing from Mac Jones. And the scary thing from a New England perspective is that they match up really well with Buffalo. So we thought the Bills were going to win that division and and everybody else was chasing for second place. Buffalo now needs to get something from those games against New England to get back ahead of them. And I don't know that they're well equipped to do that. When, when when you look at the the AFC North, any given Sunday you say, "Oh, I, I, this team can probably win a division." Ah, this team can probably win the division. Talent wise, you, you would say Cleveland and Baltimore at the top. What what do you make of the AFC North? And if Baker doesn't take Cleveland far, what do they do? Yeah, it's crazy. I, I think at least three of those teams are really well positioned to um, to make the playoffs. Like they're, they're well in there. I think Pittsburgh is the one that, that has more of a challenge. They have the hardest schedule in the NFL. 
from here on to the rest of the season. I think they'll eventually fall away, particularly given some of the injuries they've had on defense, uh, which means that side of the ball can't hold up now either. You're right, though. Like The Baker Mayfield question is, is such a difficult one for Cleveland to answer because he's playing basically all season with a bad shoulder injury uh, that's going to need off-season surgery to get fixed. He's not playing well. Um, I, that has to factor into it. And it, it's very difficult to find a way where if you're the Browns, if you're Andrew Barry, the GM, you can look at that and sort of fairly appraise what he's doing this year because you know he's playing hurt, but ultimately what you're seeing is bad decisions, bad accuracy, and just poor quarterback play. So I think they're in a very tough spot. They've, they're slowly eliminating you know, other reasons that Baker Mayfield could be playing badly, and ultimately what's left is Baker Mayfield. And okay, he's playing hurt, but at some yeah. point – you now have to decide is that how much of a caveat is that? And because you're you're on the hook for the the next monster quarterback contract if you're handing it over to him. Uh, we're going to see Dak today. Obviously, Cowboys on Thanksgiving is a tradition. Um, they were they were banged up last week. I mean, you don't have your starting left tackle. You don't have your top two wide receivers. You don't. There's lots of guys that were missing. On the other hand, Dak didn't play well. Um, but how does he grade out? How is because it it feels like you know. When he came back from injury, they were terrible. Then they had a great game, but against a bad Atlanta team. And then they were bad last week. How does, how does Dak break down when you guys analyze the Cowboys quarterback? Yeah, he's been grading well, but those the, the kind of the two games where they've, they've looked bad as a team were his two worst performances, Denver, Kansas City. Um, and you're right. I think the lack of personnel, the guys who were missing, were huge for that. And that – that kind of tallies with everything we've seen from Dak Prescott in his career. He tends to go as his supporting cast goes. And Dallas has done a really good job over his career of surrounding him with, you know, one of the best offensive lines in the NFL with some great receiving talent with Zeke Elliott in the backfield and now Tony Pollard there as well. But it shows sort of how vulnerable Dak can be to when that goes awry and when you start to chip away at, at those quality players, which is going to happen more and more given the contract that he's on now, um, what happens to his play? So I think, you know, if they get C.D. Lamb back for the, the Thanksgiving game, I think that's huge. Tyron Smith coming back is also massive. But I think it shows that as, as, as really high as we were on the Dallas depth and the number of receivers that they have, if they lose a couple of guys, you know, for the playoffs, Dallas could unravel pretty quickly. Patrick Mahomes, the Kansas City Chiefs, have they turned the corner or will they continue this up and down roller coaster ride? I don't think they've turned the corner. One of the things that was lost in last week is that their offense scored 19 points. Like they didn't get right just because they played the Raiders, who didn't use the game plan that everybody else has been using to slow them down. Thank um, you. I- that way, hold on. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Like, look, I know they won four in a row. They beat the Packers. They looked like crap. And the Packers had a quarterback, you know, who's in way over his head. Before that, who was it? The Giants. They looked terrible. And the Giants stink. They played the Raiders. The Raiders are the first team to go like, you know, everybody else is playing well with two high safeties. You know what? Let's not do that. Let's, <laughs> let's do go what, one high. <laughs> let's go. Let's go one high. And, oh, yeah, by the way, we, you know, we lost our play caller and two starters. You know, we one we had to cut because he got in a terrible, you know, he killed somebody in a car accident. Another one was just a mess. Right. Right. Like, so let's not go crazy about the Chiefs being back, considering the level of competition. Yeah. Like, remember, two games into that four game winning streak was the the peak of the crisis. Like they'd won two straight and everybody was saying, what's wrong with the Chiefs? So what we're talking about is one win against the Raiders, where the Raiders didn't use the same game plan as everybody else. 
and one win against Dallas where they scored 19 points. So I don't think you can look at this and say their offense is back to where it was. It's definitely playing with a bit more confidence now. I don't think they're quite as bad as when they they lost belief in themselves and didn't think that they could score on a long drive or knew that they were going to turn the ball over and it was going to be chaos. So I think they're in a slightly better spot. And the big thing is that their defense has been playing a lot better in recent weeks. And that's like that's one way you can make up for your offense not being quite as potent as it has been the last few years is if your defense ups its game. So from a you know where they are positioned point of view, they're in a great spot again now because they're back atop the division. They're in good spot for for playoff seating. But in, this is not the Chiefs from the last couple of years. They're still a, a level below that. Sam, great stuff. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys. Enjoy the football today. We look forward to seeing what the site breaks down first tomorrow. Thank you for being our guest. Thanks, guys. Take it easy. Happy Thanksgiving right. to you too Thank as well. You, Sam. Sam Monson from uh, Pro Football Focus. That's pff.com. Um, it's kind of scary incident yesterday in the NFL off the football field. We'll, we'll we'll discuss kind of mental health issues and what's facing the Minnesota Vikings and some tough decisions to come. That's next on the Dan Patrick Show. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Doug Gottlieb, T.J. Oshman's out in for Dan Dennett's Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. So yesterday, if you woke up and you were following stuff on the news or on social media, you would have seen that Everson Griffin was in some sort of standoff with police. And eventually, you know, they sent people over there. The, the team released a statement talking about his mental health and and uh, and and whatever happened, whatever incident there was, was on some level resolved. Here's Dalvin Cook, start running back for the Vikings, talking about his teammate. The guys that just took me under his wings and just taught me, you know, you know, this is what you don't do. This is how you do it. You know, this is how you take care of your body. You know, you just how to be a pro and just appreciate him for that. So, um you look, and, and he played Sunday and played well. I think 43 snaps. Um, a guy is a dynamic uh, weapon on that defense line, 33 years old. It's not his first bout with some mental health issues. T- TJ, this is one of those words, you know, you want to tread lightly. You're obviously really concerned about him, the person. On the other hand, like to go from being a member of the Vikings to this incident feels like there had to be some underlying issue. You're like, I don't know, you just... You start, you start brainstorming, thinking like, okay, maybe he just he's off his meds. How do you handle this if you're the team? Man, when when I when I saw this, I said, okay, I hope everything's okay. And then when you recall, this is not his first incident. No, this this is not his first incident. And, and I don't care what anybody says. All I can do is be me and tell you how I feel. If I'm a coach on that staff. I'm a little nervous about him coming back into this locker room. They're going to say what they want to say publicly. But you're a little nervous about him coming back in that locker room because you just don't know. If you're on that team and you're really friends with him, you want him to get the help that he needs. But you still, you're like, you don't know is one day he's going to walk into this locker room and something just snaps and he loses it. 
And we, we never want to think of the worst. But when I see incidents like this, it's like the first time you, it really, we, you know, we don't see this. This doesn't happen. And so the first time that it happened, I was like, oh, okay, that was different. He went and got his help. And then people are breaking in my house. It, man, it is very, very, very concerning that this has happened not once, but twice. And you don't want it to get to the point where he harms himself or someone else. I don't know what the resolution to this is, but if I'm in that locker room as a player, as a coach, I'm nervous about the future if and when he comes back for my safety as well as his. And, and here's what's here's what's crazy about it. TJ Espen's out of two-time Pro Bowl. Of course, you hear him on Up on Game. Um, and I, I'll, I, I mean, I, I thought it was really good. I'll tweet it out. You, you and I did an all-ball on my podcast where you talked about, you know, when you were a kid – and you were started in Oklahoma City. You were selling drugs, right? And and so you're around around people like for so for you, considering what you were into in middle and in high school, right before you before you got football and before you became a guy who now everybody goes to is kind of a, a wide receiver football savant. Like for you to actually be like, man, I, that dude kind of scares me a little bit. That that's a that's a, that's different than me, right? Being a little being a little timid around a dude. But so, so like, what if he's bipolar and he's just off his meds? Does that, does that make you feel any better? Like, hey, no, 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 because what if you don't take them and people aren't bringing firearms into the locker room. They're, they're just not, you're not even bringing it into the parking lot, but what if, and his safety, your safety, everyone, trainers, equipment guys there's just so many people and we're thinking the worst oh this will never happen until it happens right and, and so man i pray to god he he gets the help he needs and this is the last incident but i'm telling you privately guys are talking about this amongst themselves because they're concerned about man you remember when he said this <laughs> that one time? Yeah, but, yeah, we but were... is, is there any part of them is like, you know, like, look, man, he's a dog on Sundays and we need him. And you know what? The other and the dude on the other side of the line is just as scared of him, if not more scared of him than we are. One hundred percent. Now, I, I, I don't know Everson Griffin. I've never been in a locker room with him. If you're in a locker room with him and you've never seen this, you're not as concerned as I'm speaking now. If, if you've never seen any of it, but if you've seen like little signs, you're like, ah. All right, I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna have to be ready now. Moving forward, that that can lead to something bad, man. Yeah, it's it's I I actually didn't think of it that way. I I I just wonder, you know, in terms of like when you put him back out there and play, because he's in a he's in a profession where you need the aggression, and I don't know what the meds do to him. Right? It's like I'm aggressive, even... but uh, <laughs> not <laughs> not like that. That's it. That's it. It's a, it's a bit of a different, different type of aggression, right? Well, with TJ Hushman's on, I'm Doug Gottlieb. We'll get to the games today. The inevitable complaining about the Lions as well as who's going to win. That's next on the Dan Patrick Show. Happy Thanksgiving. You're on Fox Sports Radio. <laughs> 